You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tox Arotere. This is episode eight. If you're listening for the first time, thank you for joining me and welcome. And if this is your eighth time, or seventh or sixth, thank you for sticking with me. Episode 8 is Little Balls of Fire, The Power of Small Mistakes. I feel the need to reintroduce myself, especially for my new listeners. I am a mom of four. I am a wife, a mindset strategist, a storyteller, an entrepreneur, and lots of other fun and not-so-fun things I live in England and I am passionate about all things to do with the mind. But I'm also passionate about helping women entrepreneurs play bigger. Someone asked a question, what irks you? What annoys you? So I thought for a minute and here it is, seeing people not using their gifts. Because our gifts are given to us freely to use to navigate life and to excel. It creates unnecessary hassle when you've got this amazing power inside of you, but then you're looking everywhere else for help. I believe our gifts are wrapped up in many of us with limiting beliefs, and it's only through removing such mindsets that we can truly excel, because that's when we'll finally have access to our superpower. And that's why I record the Living Inside Out podcast It's to help turn your attention inwards because that's where the power is. So my public speaking, my writing, my podcasting is always geared towards the subject of mindsets as opposed to climate change or animal cruelty, which are good causes, but that's not me. I'm a mindset girl. (laughs) That's what I do. In the previous episode, I talked about how Despite segmenting my life into manageable areas so that nothing fell off the table, I had an incident where a fire that was lit in one area managed to spread across all other areas, overstepped every boundary and just wrecked havoc (laughs) for the next day or two. And that match was struck by the emotion of annoyance that I was experiencing. So today I want to talk about how we can light a fire and set things ablaze with literally just one match. Justine Sackle. If her name sounds familiar, it's because of the famous fiasco that occurred one fateful Friday in December of 2013. And a podcast that's titled Little Balls of Fire will not be a podcast if it doesn't have her name in it. Justin, at the time, was the PR manager for a large company called IAC, and she had an assignment in South Africa. Just as she boarded her flight, she gifted the world with an insensitive racial tweet. Get this, her flight was 12 hours long and she didn't go with Emirates because if she had, she would have had access to their free Wi-Fi on board 
and she would have been able to douse the flames before it spread. That match, if you like, was lit too closely to the fuel called BuzzFeed. As you know, internet giant, mother of all viral stories. So we were now faced with two worlds of Justin. On the one hand, she is in her seat on the airplane, flying to South Africa, reading in-flight magazines and probably ordering perfumes duty-free and doing all the stuff people who fly to South Africa do on a 12-hour trip. But where it really mattered, she was not a PR exec. She was an unemployed, disgraced former PR manager of IAC because her employers put out a press release. I think initially it was suspension and the fire just grew. And before this woman landed in South Africa, she had lost her job and everyone knew except her. (laughs) I can't help but laugh. (laughs) Now, the hashtag, which is how I came across the story, was trending. Has Justine landed yet? That was what was trending because people were desperate to inform her of her demise. People even arrived at the airport in South Africa waiting to take pictures of this woman just so they could capture her face as she realized what she had done. With a single tweet, Justine burned her career and her reputation to the ground. Mac Furman, former LAPD detective, famous for the O.J. Simpson case. Now, I don't know if O.J. did it or not, but let's just say that when it comes to human beings, nothing will surprise me. The case was going swimmingly well for the prosecution until Detective Furman made his entrance. He was called to testify and he was asked some questions, two of which were particularly significant. The first one asked if he had used racial slurs in the last 10 years and he said he hadn't. The second question asked if he had planted or manufactured evidence in the case and the man invoked his Fifth Amendment right, which is the right to zip one's mouth when questioned. Well, tapes soon emerged of him repeatedly using slurs and These two little fires, if you like, these little questions, burned the case for the prosecutors. And O.J. Simpson is a free man today. George Floyd. George was not the first man to be murdered by the police. Not the first one whose murder was filmed and aired on television. Not the first time there have been protests of Black Lives Matter, but this one death of several deaths of black folks at the hands of white people, citizens, civilians and police alike, was one man too many. Too many, too frequently, too soon, after the previous one. Derek Chauvin Not the first time he had brutalized citizens. Not the first time he had married his police powers with his racist heart to produce a result. But it was the single acts, the individual little acts of handing a pocket, kneeling 
on a man's neck for nine minutes too long. Let's add various angles of video footage, all of which came together, set up against the backdrop of the black community, my community saying enough is enough. And I've got to acknowledge the rest of the world who have also come together to fight this endemic of racism. These little fires have changed the world forever. I'm not naive, so I know that this does not mean that racism has come to an end or anything like that would be fantasy. Still, finally, Black Lives Matter is being uttered by people who once denounced that our lives even mattered. Even businesses are speaking out. Okay, I know some have jumped on the bandwagon for marketing purposes and all of that, but still, still, it's happening. For many white people who are supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, this was not the first time they had heard the phrase. In fact, some of them, many of them even, had spoken against it, calling it defiance, terrorism, disrespecting the American flag for the U.S. side of things, or even oppression. But the meeting of this little fire with that fuel, or should we say several little fires and that fuel, it uh, sparked a conversation amongst millions all over the world. And you know what? Change is coming. Even Bible characters are notorious for starting what they couldn't finish. I read the story of Cain and Abel this week. Many preachers have condemned Cain and even demonized him as arrogant for not giving the right offering, whatever that was. But what if he just didn't know? Or what if he knew, but he didn't take the whole thing too seriously? As my sons would say, it's not that deep. (laughs) You know, it's God, man. You know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all that stuff. Because between you and I, if I had been born in that period, I would struggle to see the point in giving an offering to somebody who already had everything, including me. I noticed for the first time that Cain's choice of offering was never labeled as sinful. Not once did God say, you have sinned for not giving the right offering. Instead, what we had was, if you don't master and subdue sin, you will sin because it is crouching at your door. The references to all of these scriptures are in the show notes. I believe Cain could have rectified things by re-offering his offering since he had now been given a heads up. It's a bit like a teacher giving you pointers and an opportunity to redo and resubmit a graded paper. I once attended a job interview for a role I desperately wanted. At the end, I asked the question in my most professional voice, is there anything I said or didn't say that's left you uncertain of my ability to take on this role? That was after he had said, brilliant, thank you for coming with the interview. You know how they do it with a poker face and you just cannot tell 
In fact, if you're naive, you'll go away thinking, he said, brilliant, I must have got the job. But the man replied reluctantly, uh, actually, there is. And he went on to say that while we were going through my CV and talking about my past experiences, I showed more enthusiasm for current affairs than I did for the job role. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I explained my lack of confidence as being down to not having experience and I got the job. We don't know what really happened on the field the day both Kane and Abel went out there. Maybe Abel's personality was typical second-born type like my son. Reese, my second son, is the master teaser in the house. So maybe Abel was just annoying and he chewed his gum too loudly, made fun of Cain or something, and the, his brother snapped and took his life. <laughs> but of course, we can only speculate. I do believe that there must have been something residing within Cain, a belief or a mindset, you know, that acted as a receptor so that when the opportunity showed up, a fire was lit and he killed his brother and ended up leaving the life he did not want for himself. Have you noticed that it isn't the big fires that announce their presence so loudly that end up ruining things? It's often the little ones, the ones we don't see coming, the ones we ignore, that end up changing the trajectory of our lives. I think of the number of times I have replayed a scenario and given it a different ending every single time. If only, if only I could go back to one minute before this happened. I think back to the times my little things, the Bible calls them little foxes, have destroyed my stuff. Sleeping in for that extra hour one too many times and missing the opportunity to connect with someone who could take my business to the next level. I remember a retailer who wanted me to produce some pieces for him. We agreed I'd send the drawings by Thursday. I even picked the date, guys. I pushed it to Friday. Not to him. Thursday came and I thought, you know, I'll just do it on Friday. It's just one more day. I didn't think that was a big deal. Well, Friday came and with all my confidence and self-importance, I sent the details and he replied, Sorry, I was to have received this yesterday. I cannot work with you. I was astounded. But that went on to start my research into the role that culture plays in small business ownership in the Western world. And boy, did I uncover some profound truths which changed the way that I run my company. And more of that in the future, I promise. What flames are you fanning? It's not all bad news. I've got some good news because it isn't all fires that go on to destroy things that are dear to us. Some come to burn the path, trailblaze it and give us a new direction like it did for Steve Harvey. The year was 2015. Mr. Harvey had been chosen as the host for the Miss Universe pageant and seriously, I don't get the name because it's not like there are aliens in other planets who are also competing. 
But hey, what do I know? And that's beside the point. So Steve Harvey hosted the pageant and he declared Miss Colombo as the winner. And off he went backstage. Meanwhile, she's been crowned. She's crying. Everyone's freaking out. There's confetti. There's whistle blowing. There's applause. There are lights everywhere. Everyone's excited, especially the Colombians. And everyone's just, or should I even say the South Americans? And he goes backstage and he gets there, realizes that he had announced the wrong name. The teleprompter had said one thing and the microphone in his ear had said something else, which I think was just announced the next name and looked at his cards, announced it. A fire was lit. Backstage, everyone is scrambling and someone saying, we'll sort it out in the media tomorrow. I'm guessing that meant we'll just get our PR people to do damage control. Where's PR? Call PR. I can imagine. But Steve said, no, I'll correct my error. He described the four-minute period between knowing that he had made a mistake and walking back to the stage as the hardest four minutes in his life because he now had to go back. They had to uncrown this poor woman and give it to a totally different country, which I'm sure that the everyone must have been unhappy because the one who got crowned, it would have been mixed emotions. Thank God I won. But at the same time, you stole my moment. Steve Harvey goes on to receive hatred and death threats and everything because, you know, that's how we humans roll, right? <laughs> but the real winner that night was not the lady who took home the crown. It was the man who bravely admitted his imperfection in front of the watching world and damned the consequences too. The price of integrity weighed far more for Mr. Harvey than the cost of popularity. And he chose what was valuable to him. That was a fire that went on to blaze a trail for him. And he has since been following the path that the incident had created. And Steve Harvey's name, which was known, you know, amongst us, but has now known globally, but for the right reasons too. And one of those reasons is integrity. He's also since had opportunities, including being told to return the following year to host Miss Universe. I think that sometimes we allow our ego or our emotions to decide what to do with the tools we are holding. I wanted to blast some people last week, trust me. I really wanted to, but I'm so thankful that I didn't. I haven't always demonstrated that level of self-control and frankly, I cannot guarantee what I'll do next week. So pray for me. But suffice it to say that there are matchsticks or receptors in our minds and when we get too close to the fuel, we can create a big fire that will go on to destroy what we have worked so hard to build. The best part is that as the nature of fire goes, we can stop it before it gets too much. And here are three tips. Patience. Many problems will be solved if we exercised patience instead of jumping out at everything that looked good. I described the somatic experience I had uh, last week in the previous episode when I wanted to send out a text. It wasn't a bad text. It was just an unnecessary one. 
and I waited for the feeling to pass. It was the first time I would say that I've kind of noticed, at least in recent times, noticed me having a physical reaction to a thought that I'm having or to an urge. If we can just wait for the feeling to pass, we'll be able to get back in control without giving our power away. This goes back to episode six, emotional decision making. I think that's the right one. Our emotions are actions yet to be manifested. And sometimes the action we take isn't congruent with the situation or with what we're feeling. I say this because acting on feelings is natural, inevitable even. But if you don't practice patience, you will do something before allowing the emotion that's driving you to die out. Even in conversations, especially in conversations, there are people who say things just to watch you react badly. You know them, the button pushers. We all have them in our lives and around our lives. Practice patience in word and in action. And you cannot be convicted by a judge in court for the thoughts that don't make their way out. Because not every thought is fit for the public's ears. And this is so me. Sometimes I've spoken and instantly regretted it. The thing with words is you can't take them back. You can't deny them either. Ask Justin Sacco who, by the way, I checked, is back at her old company. Go figure. Maybe she's turned over a new leaf. Maybe she has truly repented. I don't know, and frankly, I don't care, because I'm never going to forget her words. We won't forget her words. It's out there in the Twitterverse, and I know what filter I would watch her with. Unless, of course, I have an opportunity to meet her in person and build a relationship with her and get to know her heart somehow, I can only judge her by what I've seen her do. Classic example of not sharing a thought just because it occurs to you is sharing a small marital problem with a relative. Two days later, you've forgotten all about it. You've moved on. But what have they done? They've organized a family meeting. Someone just mentioned paying back dowry. Another person is talking about, you know, getting another wife instead. And things are happening because you said something to um, that was flippant to somebody who didn't need to hear it. Next, you need to know the receptors on your mind. Receptors can best be described as mindsets through which your thoughts and decisions grow from. I describe mindsets as the soil or the layers that have formed on the floor of your mind so that your thoughts and your decisions and your actions stem from them. So instead of stemming from the core of your heart or who you really are, they're growing and they're being controlled and decided by these mindsets, which are just layers of thoughts and words we have heard over the years and we have come to believe For example, a woman who has had, you know, years of bad relationships with men now has a mindset that all men are dogs. This means that even when she meets good and well-meaning men, she will treat them the way that she expects them to behave. And then it becomes a vicious cycle. Know your mindsets and work hard to uproot the wrong ones. Receptors are like jigsaw puzzles. They are waiting for 
the right fit, a specific fit. Sometimes you're waiting for the wrong word to be said by your boss or for you to walk into a specific situation and poof, you go up in flames. Can I ask you to do one thing this week? Pay close attention to the source of your thoughts and don't just toss them out, you know, if you don't agree. Just question. Stop and question where they came from. My final tip is taken from Steve Harvey's response to his little fire, which was humility. Humility isn't something that we carry. It's a decision we make when the opportunity to protect our pride shows up. So I think that these kinds of decisions are best made in advance. So you've got to say to yourself that, This is a guiding principle of mine. Should I ever be in a situation where I make a mistake, whether it's privately or publicly, rather than smooth it over, rather than walk back and try and cover up, I choose to apologize and I choose to look bad or I'm prepared to look bad or be embarrassed, but make sure that I make the right decision and people come away with no false assumptions of who I am. Because we live in a world and we live in a time where it is so desperately needed to look good. You know, image is everything. Thank you, Instagram. And the way the world functions is that people buy into an image as opposed to buying into quality. So if you're able to dress yourself up and look so glamorous and appear to be knowledgeable when you really are not knowledgeable, chances are you will have people, people who are not um, sensitive to what's going on beneath the surface will buy into you. So humility is important, but it has got to be a principle of your life. It's not a decision you make um, at the time you have the opportunity, you can do that, but Ideally, you should have it as a guiding principle and say, should I ever be in a situation where I will come out looking good, but in reality, I know that I don't deserve the recognition. I'm going to make the decision there and then to straighten out any assumptions of me. So if we work on our minds this week and pay close attention to the source of our thoughts, we will be laying a foundation for the next episode which is where we'll be looking at mindsets in particular. I am at Toxerotere on Instagram and Facebook, and you can join my friends list on my website, which is toxerotere.com. This is the last episode that's going to be recorded twice in one week, because when I first started, it was two episodes a week. And I did say, I'll do that until the end of May. And then from June, it's going to be one episode a week. So every Thursday, the Leaving Inside Out podcast will be published once a week on a Thursday every week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and share it with someone you love. Thank you for listening and remember to leave always from the inside out. <music>